If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, before we get started today, I want to remind you that if you want more out of your life, there is another way. Whether you're lacking momentum in your business, you don't have a supportive environment, or you're tired of not living in your gifts and finally want to live a life that excites you, we can help. All you have to do is get on a call with somebody on my team that's going to rock your world. By going to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, we are there to help you rock your money and your life. So what are you waiting for? Go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and let's get started today. My next guest is a very interesting guy. He became paralyzed and in a coma and has since come through that. But what's interesting is he had set himself up with lots of passive income vehicles. One of the things that I really encourage people to do in their life so that his family was able to support him while he went through months and months of not being able to function. AJ Osborne is an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur with a lot of success in real estate and a really, really heartfelt father and husband born in Idaho. And today he really demonstrates the ability to overcome any kind of unseen obstacle and thrive coming through that, bringing his family closer and closer. He's got a sense of urgency to live each and every day, a new appreciation for the connection with his family. And I think you're going to enjoy this edition of the I Am Movement because it has a real twist when it comes to unforeseen tragedy. I'm so jazzed to be talking to you today during this time of turmoil and time of excitement and to speak to somebody who's had an accelerated result specifically in real estate. And then let's talk a little bit about how you got there and, and what it means as we go through these interesting times. So AJ, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're right. It is um, quite the times to, to be in. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting because I feel like uh, up until this point, my, my life has been full of a lot of shocks and things that come out of nowhere and surprises. And uh, it to me it's that's not bad anymore you know what i mean it, it used to be really scary and used, used to be really frightening but um it's just kind of part of the journey and so when i look at um my journey as it's coming along and what's you know going ahead and how we adapt and work within these uh these aren't anomalies i think that should be either feared or avoided, but opportunities to learn and grow from. And it, they're not the end of the world, um, although lots of times we think uh, that they are. They never are. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in Idaho, um, so I've, I, I'm a really fortunate person. I had great parents, great family, absolutely love. They taught me, you know, wonderful things in life, and um, I had a great foundation um, so, you know, it's, I've been, I've been really blessed in life. Now I've had other, um, challenges like we all do. 
And uh, when we're coming through life and we're, we're on top, you know, I, I think about it, a lot of people in this time, just, oh man, it was five years ago, I was in a really good place. I was uh, um, running our state's largest brokerage firm. I built this large company, a real estate portfolio over a hundred million dollars. And, you know, right when you think you're, you're on the top and things couldn't go better. That's, that's when these surprises come out of nowhere. And, you know, I, I became paralyzed basically overnight. That's um, what and, happened. Yeah. So I, uh, um, I, I have four children. We had just had our fourth and, um, my kids are absolutely amazing. I have amazing children, amazing wife. Um, and right after we had our fourth one, I was getting ready to go on a fly fishing trip down through Brazil, uh, up into the Amazon. So I, I like, uh, creating bigger, bigger than life experiences, so to speak. And so I, I was getting all ready to go, uh, go on this trip and, uh, we've been flying around. Um, we went to the PGA tour down in California. We were like so busy, right? You know, it, it's one of those things where you got four kids, you're just hitting on every cylinder. You're like, I, nothing could go wrong. You know, we've all, all had those, those times in our lives where you're just in the momentum. Um, and I got sick, nothing, didn't even think of anything about it. Right. I was just like, Hey, honey, I'm not feeling very good. Uh, but something changed quickly by that night. I was really sick. My wife took me into the ER and um, they told me nothing was wrong. Went home, went and got in the tub and I couldn't get out of the tub because my legs didn't work. Um, and uh, my wife took me to the ER and within three days, I was being put in a coma. Um, when I woke up out of the coma, I was paralyzed from head to toe. And, uh, you know, this was obviously nothing that we could have expected or even imagined. Um, we didn't even know what was going on with me at the time. And it's everything that we had was out the window. I lost my job with this uh, huge brokerage firm, uh, uh, national company based out of Chicago. Um, and I, my wife was stuck now at home with four kids, a brand new um, baby, all under the age of 10. Um, and her husband was now quadriplegic lying in the hospital. And as we went through this, and when I woke up and I was, and I was, I was lying there, um, for a while, you know, it, it was, it was really just survival mode, right? It was just every day. It was, did you know the cause die. of it? What, what ha happened? So they told me right when I was leaving and headed down to a hospital, that could take care of me before I got put in a coma. It was something called Guillain-Barre. Never heard of this in my life. I didn't know what it was. Essentially what had happened was mom, I, one out of every million or two million people, they draw that lucky straw, and that was me, um, that your white blood cells get confused and they're attacking a virus. Um, so I got sick. My white blood cells were attacking the virus. They got confused, identified the central nervous system as a threat, started wow. producing mass amounts of uh, white blood cells to attack and they destroyed my entire central nervous system. Jeez. And so they severed my brain's ability to communicate with my body. Um, it happened fast and they didn't know what was going on. And so they, they were, they were telling me all sorts of stuff that I thought that I had did West Nile that I, you know, there was just, and we spent however long sitting in an ER room as people came in and out and saying, you're perfectly healthy except for the fact that you're not paralyzed. You're perfectly healthy. Um, they, you know, 
asking me if I was on drugs. They just, they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, then by the time they, they figured it out, it was, you know, there was nothing anybody could do anyways, but it was, um, let's just see if we can make it through this. And, uh, you know, this was a, a, a few years ago. And it's interesting because out of our, uh, we, we take these times in our life and, and I look back, if you take, if you roll it back about four or five years prior to that, um, I was running our state uh, or I was running our brokerage firm and I was a sales guy, right? That's how I made money. So mm-hmm. I'm out and I'm doing B2B sales, um, commission based. I earn an income based upon how much I work. And I, and I love this aspect of being in control in quotation marks of my income that, you know, I was rewarded for the amount that I was worked. I worked harder. Um, I thought that was kind of the holy golden grail. But what I realized as I was going is that I was really on a treadmill that um, I could only work as, or I could only make as much money as I could work. And the moment that treadmill uh, stopped, my income stopped. And so I had this feeling, I was like, you know, we need to change our ways and we, we, need, to, we need to figure something else out. And that's why I got actually into real estate, which was years prior. Um, and so probably, you know, the best thing that had ever happened uh, to me is that when we went to hospital, I lost my big corporate job. And what, uh, my wife didn't, she wasn't freaking out. She didn't need to worry about going and getting a, a job and leaving our children and, and her now quadriplegic husband. Um, uh, she could take care of me and the kids, do what we need to do. We didn't worry about losing the house, right? This was during the holidays, right? I, when I went into the hospital, it was sunny outside. And I was in there during Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, it was snowing. And um, so it, I was in there for a long time. And um, when they sent me home, um, I was sent home paralyzed. So I went home and lied in a bed where my wife uh, and my brother moved in to take care of me, would take care of, take yes. care of us. But yes. we were able to focus on what was important, and that was our health and our family, making sure that our kids were handling this okay. Because we didn't know if I would ever walk again. We didn't know, you know, there was no, no doctor was going to say. How long did this last for? So I was in the hospital for four months and then they sent me home paralyzed once I got off machines. Um, So the ventilators and the feeding tubes and everything else. Um, uh, Once I was able to basically stay alive on my own and not die, um, I, I, went home from there and I've been paralyzed for about three years. I can walk now. I got rid of my braces, my leg braces and my, my help that kept me up um, uh, just a few months ago, actually, uh, wow. which I was told would never happen. I was in rehabilitation and uh, um, I'd been in there for a long time. It got to how a point does, where they just, they were like, you're not getting better. How does that affect your identity? Like you're a strong, virile father, husband, and then this, and it's very appropriate because I don't know when exactly this will air, but you know, anybody that's going through the coronavirus thing is, is there's like this invisible enemy, we could call yeah. it, yeah. right? But many people have this invisible enemy called their thoughts yeah. and their doubts and their worries, and they whip themselves into bankruptcy or into bad relationships or loneliness. So you had this thing come along. How did it change how you perceived yourself and your responsibilities to the world? What what was your inner narrative? You know, the inner narrative at first is shocking because uh, the inner narrative at first was just, I assumed I was going to die. 
Um, and then I, I, after it was about 12 weeks where I couldn't breathe anything at all. I mean, nothing. My body was dead. I was just living on tubes. And then there was a sign after about, uh, after 10 weeks where it was like, hey, he may actually be able to breathe on his own. Um, and up until that point, it was, it was this transition from, you know, I'm going to die. But then from there, every little thing that happened was like a miracle. Like I, I moved my finger. And everyone just, you know, it was, oh, this is amazing, right? This is absolutely incredible. You moved your finger. And, you know, every little thing that I did, it was like being reborn when I took a drink on my own. And, you know, all the, you know, nurses and everybody would clap. And we were all excited. And when I could sit up on my own, and then eventually I got into a wheelchair. And it was just like everything was incredible, right? I had to relearn everything. Um, and it, the first thing to go is pride. Right, I'm lying naked in a bed, hooked up to tubes, and I couldn't do anything. They, in order to bathe me, they rolled me over on my side, and uh, they used cloths to wipe me down, and then they just flopped me back over. Um, I was in excruciating pain 24-7. My body felt like it was on fire, and then my bones had been shattered. Um, so I didn't really have time to... Thank you, because it was just every time you woke up, it was immediately hell. Um, and so as you're going through this, there's easy things that are, it can be really hard for us to get rid of, like our pride. That was taken away from me, right? I was, I was taken down to less than nothing. Um, I had been taken down to a shell of a man. And uh, as I lied there and came back, it was a reconstructing of who I am. What does this mean? And when you're sitting in a wheelchair looking out a window um, and literally months prior, you were on top of the world um, and just been fired by your boss. And uh, you're sitting here going, what, you know, I was, I'm a backpack, uh, backpacker, backcountry skier. I love the outdoors, fly fishing, everything that I loved, you know, I didn't know that I'd ever be able to do again. Um, so all of a sudden it does, you start asking questions, who am I? And what does it mean when everything else has been taken away from me? And the one thing, um, coming out of this that I knew very clearly was I had been given a second chance. Um, and which is funny to think about because we're all given a second chance. Like every day you wake up, you have a second chance, right? Yes. You, yes. you, you can start from any point and turn and change any second of any day. You can make a change that is your second chance to rebuild life no matter where you are. Um, and I and I understood this and, and I became full of action, so to speak. I, I started up two different companies in my wheelchair. Um, we started working to build a nonprofit. We, I, I, I wanted to do everything tenfold. Um, and I didn't want to sit around and think it was, it's all action-based. Um, but the urgency of living had never been higher. Um, I And is that because, so talk us through that, is because you felt so close to death, you felt it was taken away, because so many people are learning to live a meaningful life and they don't want to necessarily have to get paralyzed, get in a coma for it. What were the things that changed for you? You know, time changed very quickly. I, I'm, you know, I was 33 when this happened. And um, I, I realized, man, I, I, I could be gone any second. And so I don't have a lot of time to procrastinate. It's not like I got time sitting around. And two, yes. 
I yes. sat around forever. I, I'm not doing this anymore. I've been, you know, paralyzed sitting around. And so it just time became very, very valuable to me. I didn't yes. want to waste it. I was either with my kids or I was doing something to impact theirs, mine, and other people's lives. Yes. And I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to make this life that I have been given meaningful. And it lit a fire under me um, that was like, two, listen, we can survive so much. We can do so much, and it doesn't matter what stage you are in, who you are, whether you're in a wheelchair or not. Um, that just can't be taken away from you. And the more that I got back, it was like the more empowered I was. I'm like, I have no excuse, right? No excuse. We're all walking around. You can think clearly. You can get up every morning and put a little more effort. You can work twice as hard. You can do twice as much. You can love twice as much. You need to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm that obnoxious dad that's just grabbing my children and kissing them all over the face. But I love you so much and just squeezing them to death, right? Like, you know, my kids come in at night and they say I'm scared. I'm not sending them back to bed. We're pulling them in and we're cuddling up with them. It's just everything was exaggerated after that point. Hmm. Um, what a and, gift. Yeah, it, it was. And, you know, I owe so much to my family and the people around me. Um, and I'm so aware too, of what can be done in a little bit of time. And it, it, when you put things in perspective like that, that urgency comes and it, it, it's, it sheds away when the gift that had been given to me was it shed away excuses. It shed away my pride and my scare of failing. Who cares? I've been lying in a bed for months and having people bathe me. I got to do anything, not even feed myself. You know, if I fail in business, if I fail in other things, that's the least of my, I, you know what I mean? It just, that just doesn't matter. Um, but what does matter is not taking the opportunities and not taking um, the chance to improve yourself, make other people better and different. Nobody cares if we fail, if you're trying to move forward. That's, that's totally fine. And that's acceptable. So one of the things I talk about is as a coach is an opportunity to give people a new perspective to give them a reflection, a different lens to look at their life through. And this event called a Triple E, an extreme emotional experience such as 9-11 or coronavirus, these are opportunities for people to take a new perspective on life. So how do you see yourself today? So it's interesting because today I'm not scared. Um, that's one thing that I'm not. Um, I do have an urgency and, and people need to understand when I say I'm not scared, I'm not worried. A lot of people think for some reason that means you're lying back in a hammock and you're just, enjoying. no, I'm not scared. and I'm not worried. So I'm moving forward. In fact, because, because I'm not scared and because I'm not worried, I'm willing to take on more. I'm willing to do more because I know that by doing, I will solve the problems that inhibit me or that my mind's telling me that I can't do something. So when I'm going to go forward and they have all the reasons why I can fail, because there's always a million of them and there always will. Be. I understand that the act of moving forward and the act of doing will create a process that will allow me to solve those problems, get results and move forward. So because I have no fear of failing, because I have no fear of not knowing or what that means, I can move forward a lot faster and a lot quicker. So right now, although I'm not Although I'm not worried about the coronavirus, although not scared, I totally realize, and this is something people need to understand, is I'm very much aware that I could lose everything. I could. I fully admit that. We could be in a depression, and what I've spent my entire life to build up will be gone. I'll get it again. I'll build it up again. I'm not stopping. It's not going to quit. 
it's not, it's part of the process. So I'm not afraid to lose what I have. And I'm definitely not afraid to get um, what I can get and to grow and to reach forward. Progress isn't a standpoint. It's not a destination, right? Um, and that's really important to keep in mind. And this, this, these calamities, these things that happen, it helps us prepare ourselves, realize weaknesses, where we can get better, what we can do. And it also helps us understand primarily what other people need. And that's really important. Um, it's, you know, you're successful by helping other people. There's no way around it, right? You are only as successful as how much you can help the people around you and other people. And the ability for you to uh, uh, look out beyond yourself, put other people first, recognize what they need and what they're going through, that increases your ability to serve and help other people, which will increase your ability to progress. Those things that are intertwined, this is a wonderful reflection point to look and find people that may have been either weak or need help or there's flaws in the system. When you think everything's perfect, that's when progress ends. It doesn't really end, but it ends in your mind because you're not accepting there to be room for change. You're not accepting there for there be, to be ability to improve. And that's why pride is an absolute killer because you had told yourself that there is no reason for you to get better. Um, and that's just a death nail in progress. That is a, a, a personal uh, uh, absolute killer to your happiness. And once we can coexist with failure, loss, and pain, progress, opportunity, and happiness in the same sphere, then, then you can really move forward, then you can really obtain happiness. I mean, you got to remember, I live in pain every day. Every day. I have to think about when I walk, every step that I take. That's fine. I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me because the pain lets me know that I'm alive. The pain lets me know that, hey, I'm walking. I'm not in a wheelchair anymore. The pain lets me know that I'm going to see my children. The pain lets me know that I'm moving forward. I'm doing something better, that I can conquer it, that I can overcome it. So I live with pain. I live with sorrow. I live with doubt. I live with fear, right? That has nothing to do with whether I move forward, whether I'm happy, whether I'm, it's, it's all one. It's all part of the process. And we have to come to grips with that. Too often, we make things up in our mind that say, because I'm scared, I can't do X. Because I may lose something, I can't move forward. And that's just not true. And we shouldn't try to compartmentalize those things. So it's, if I'm perfect, I can succeed. If I'm flawed, I can't. So there's no point in, in trying. That's not how it works, right? If you're flawed, it means you can improve, right? And it means you can identify and you can help others to get better. Uh, and that's one of the things I had to cope with when coming out of this all. I had to be able to be in a wheelchair. I had to be in pain. I had to be flawed. I couldn't be who I thought I was before, but yet I still had to be happy. I still had to move forward and I still had to come to grips with that. But that's okay. I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to be something that society thinks that I am to still have progress, to still move forward and to still be happy. Yeah. Wow. You said a lot there. And, and I really appreciate the fact that you um, are looking at this as an opportunity for you to embrace the inevitable failures that we're all going to have along the path and then to power through them. Let's talk a little bit about how you built uh, your real estate business. What, what does that look like and, and how were you able to do that so well? So, you know, I think it's, we, we talk about this process and 
for me, this process started a long time ago with failures. I, we, I, I was selling real, or I was uh, selling B2B sales, which was basically just insurance, right? So we did group insurance for companies. We got paid off commission uh, principal. I worked with my partner and my dad. We were growing our block of business, so to speak, which is just your clients that you cover, right? Um, and I figured, you know, hey, I, it's easier to buy up other small blocks of business put it in with ours instead of selling companies one-on-one. But as I was going through this, um, this whole pride thing got in my way, of course, as it always does. And I realized after a while that I'm not in control of this revenue because I'm this intermediate, this middleman, right? Where my clients can fire me at all times and they do, right? Things change, they go out of business, things happen. And so my income would swing wildly. Um, because I didn't know where my next sales and commissions and how that was going to come through. So I became on a treadmill, running, running, running. If I wanted to grow, I had to step up that treadmill. It was not scalable. I couldn't do it. And two, it fell back on me to where I had to be the best and I had to be perfect, right, to do. And then it came to the grips. We had a, a, a we got into, um, uh, I bought a company and it went south. The guy basically committed complete fraud, ended up in a lawsuit he sold his block of business to us, but then he had his wife go and take the block of business back after we paid for it, right? So I lost all this revenue only to realize that I'd never had it. So I paid for something that I didn't control, I didn't own. And that was an eye-opening experience for me because I'm like, I need freedom. And I, and I, and I learned that I was rich at the time because I made good money, right? I made really good money in sales, but I was not wealthy. Wealthy people don't need to work for money. Rich people make a lot of money. And that two, those two things are so separate and they're so important to understand the yes. difference between them. Um, yes. You know, I know a lot of rich people that if they're not working in one month, they're done. Yeah. They live in the big house. They have the fancy cars, everything else like that. Well, look what but we're going through. Yeah. yeah. Look what we're going through the coronavirus. I mean, the bailouts are happening because people are 57% of people live paycheck to paycheck. It's, it's a wake up call. It is a wake up call. And it was a wake up call that I had years ago. <laughs> so um, I, I already had to go through it. I had to understand it. I didn't, so real estate to me became an aspect to where I could scale predictable growth. So I could analyze income, right? And I could uh, acquire that income and then I could keep doing it at a known rate of return so I could get a compounding effect of my income that could be scaled. Now, the problem I always had with real estate was there didn't seem to be a huge amount of upside to me. So I went into an asset class where I could put forth my skills in business, understanding revenue um, and operations. And that was self-storage for me because there were so many things going into acquiring that revenue and how that revenue is made that there's up operationally upside to be had out of an acquisition. So mm -hmm. I could buy, I could create upside, increase the income, therefore increasing the underlying value, stabilize, repeat, right? And so me and my partner, my father, we did that as we did insurance. So we were doing both, right? I'm not selling insurance. We're out acquiring properties. And uh, we uh, did this for four straight years where I worked double jobs. We did everything. And uh, um, then that was right before I became paralyzed. I lost my sales job, but it didn't matter anymore. Um, I had become wealthy. And so I could lie in a bed, paralyzed, make in, make money. In fact, when I got out of the hospital, we were making more money than when I went in, and my assets were worth more than when I'd been went into the hospital. Um, nice. That's wealth. 
That's yes. well. My income from my job was obliterated, gone, never come back. Um, that was over. Uh, and that distinction is so critical because we're all going to stop on our treadmill, right? The treadmill ends, whether it's by our choice, other choices, but, you know, whether you just get tired or it's called retirement. At some point, you cannot work for an income. And two, if you have to work to earn that income, it is not scalable. And that is really important to understand. Yeah, I mean, people, people are living in a rat race. It's a glorified rat race. They think that they have this freedom, but they're stuck. Even if you're a doctor or a lawyer, if you, you, know, you get a fancy house, you got two nice cars, you got the country home, the boat, the motorcycle, you're making 600000 a year, but you're stressed out. I golfed yesterday with two doctors uh, in their 67 and 66. They've known each other for a long time. And still working, still working their ass off. Uh, and they say, well, how often do you play golf? I go, oh, about five days a week. They're like, oh, you're retired? I go, no. I go, I just oversee my businesses. And they go, wow, we get out once a week if we're lucky. And they're 67. And this is why I started my mastermind group, uh, M1, March to Your Millions, how to become a whole life millionaire is teach people, you know, what you've done. And, and to create those passive income vehicles. They're there for everybody. And if something happens like happened to you, or I, I had my father get sick when I was in my late 20s, I didn't have it set up that way and I lost everything. So you were very fortunate slash intelligent that you had this so you could go through what you went through without your family being totally freaked out, right? Yeah, well, and, and it's, you know, for me, it's really important. A lot of aspects of how we are trained today are completely obsolete in how the world operates today. Yes. It doesn't even make sense anymore. Um, yes. And the, it's so much easier to create income than it actually is to earn income. The only difference is it, you need to have, uh, uh, you need to be able to solve complex problems instead of regurgitating information. Right. You need to be able to move forward. You need to be able to fail. And you need to be able to put off success. You know, uh, a, check, uh, a check really does, a paycheck really does train us into horrible behaviors because yes. that's one of the best things that I had was I had a sales job. So because I didn't exactly know how much money I was going to be making year from year from year, I lived on a lot less than we made. We saved a lot more and I needed to put that money to work. So that was by force, but that was training me the right way to think and the right way to live life. Um, that, you know, people view the paycheck as a secure thing when actually it's probably the most unsecure thing you can even have. Whereas, you know, today you can go out and replace your income so easily with a little time. And yeah, you got to work a little more and a little more effort, but there's so much more upside today that every single person has access to, but we're being trained that that's not the way and that's not how you do things. And it, and it really is obsolete in today's uh, economy and how the world works. And we're seeing this gap between the wealthy uh, uh, and, and the poor grow all the time, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna stop. It has no. nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with economics and how money is created and earned, right? You have a government that's printing $2 trillion, which they're not even printing it. That doesn't even make sense. Money doesn't exist like that. But they just say, we're gonna give $2 trillion and boom, it happens to show up. And to those people, it shows up in a form of a check. And they go, you just printed that off and you gave that money to me. That's not at all how it actually works. They're just making up money, right? And the moment that you realize that money is not tangible and it is completely not limited, 
that changes your perspective in what should be earned or what could be. It's money's just made up. It's just literally made up. And uh, so there's no stop. Like people are like, there shouldn't be billionaires. And you're like, well, in 50 years, there's going to be trillionaires, right? And then in a hundred years from there, there's going to be the next thing up and the next thing, because that's not how it works. It's expansion, right? It's not limited. It's not set. And neither are your abilities. Neither is your progress. And once you get over this hump that's trained us by school and our parents and things that you need to get a steady paycheck and you need to get this. And two, all those things that your parents told, told you are obsolete in 20 years anyways, because those industries are either gone or that amount of money that they made is nothing anymore, right? Like if you made the same thing as your grandpa, you'd be in utter poverty, even if he was an upper middle class at the time. So there's no reason to stick to these rigid guidelines that make no sense, that are made up by man, while we can create anything we want to. And literally anything you can imagine can be created. And you don't need to do it alone. And you don't have to be perfect to do it. And once you get over these humps and you realize it just blows you away at the possibilities. And you know that's kind of where I am. I have the problem where I'm like, I have so much I want to do. I got to keep very focused. I have my goals. I'm the structure. I need people to help me achieve those goals. But I, there's nothing that I'm like, you know, that we can't accomplish or we can't do because, you know, you can't work within those realms and in those limitation beliefs because that's not how the world actually functions. So let's talk um, about, let's talk, yeah, let's talk a little bit about going forward as we're wrapping up the call. What are you focusing on now? We're in this, you know, strange times. Yes. So what does somebody like you decide to focus on going forward? So there's a lot of things that we're focusing on. First of all, I believe in diversification, not as like, I believe in diversification through the source of income. So, and uh, well, what I mean by that is if you own 50 stocks, you're not diversified because a stock market crash is a stock market crash, right? If I own 15, 15 townhomes, well, in a, a real estate crisis, all the townhomes are worth less. So I'm looking at the source of income. So we have multiple businesses, product businesses, insurance, we have real estate, right? And those sources of income that are coming into our holdings company. Um, and as we want to build those up, I want to build other lines that sources are disconnected. So we're looking at everything from government contracts, right, to doing all sorts of things as we try to build up our businesses. But we want to be diversified in the source of income because I realize that I can't have all control over one. And there's certain things in the economy that which you can't control. If you're an event-based business and that was your only source of income, you're in a lot of trouble right now. And that trouble is not changing anytime soon. That is true. It's not. And so for us, there's so much opportunity, right? You're having all sorts of things in the real estate market and other markets that opportunity is coming out like crazy. We're focusing in on a few ones where we believe those industries are getting contracted. So not as many people are building, not as many people are going or people are leaving it. And we're looking at the opportunity there to solve the problems that we can create businesses out of. And as you know, we're taking advantages of uh, that are in refinancing. It's just, it's a home run right now. Um, and you can get incredible deals that the government's handing out to set yourself up for explosive financial growth in the future. And you need to be looking at, you know, you need to recalibrate as the world changes, you need to make sure you're changing and taking advantage of those changes. And I think everybody that's driving you know, right now, they're looking at the road ahead of them 
and they're trying to take advantage of those changes because this is going to go by it's going to go it, it's it's going to go by and we're all going to be better off here soon and the people that can really take advantage are going to see massive explosive growth as they do every time we have a down market and every time there's panic um, whether that's a pandemic a credit cycle doesn't matter what it is afterwards there's huge opportunity to be had and a lot of it's just lying right in front of us yes i would agree with you all right let's shift gears your favorite book okay so my favorite book um is probably the obstacle is the way by ryan holiday um i i love credit cycles but the best thing for an individual to know is how to control themselves first and then they can worry about controlling their circumstances um but until you can get over your ego and understand that challenges are opportunities so ego is the enemy and the obstacle is the way ryan holiday those two books that's that's where we we start we start with us very nice and you could have dinner with one person who would it be warren buffett do you think that he's going to make some big moves in this market situation and we're going to look back and go, oh my God, he made another $40 billion? Oh, absolutely. He was sitting on so much cash and wasn't deploying it, even while you had tons of people saying cash is gone, you know, and right now he's uh, in a good spot and I'm sure he is acquiring a lot, a lot of companies. Yeah, I think he's going to bail some out with the government he and uh, he'll own, you know, 20% of Boeing or something like that. And yep. uh, uh, like you said, the rich keep on getting richer. All right. So listen, um, I really appreciate you coming in and giving your perspective. And it's incredible to see somebody like yourself that has overcome what you've overcome and you're still working through it and working around it. And would you say it's brought you and your family closer? Oh, I, you know, these things either break you or make you. Lots of people that went through what I went through end up in divorce. Um, they're not able to get through it. Um, me and my wife have never been stronger. Um, I've never been more in love. Um, my family, my kids were so much closer and that, that, you know, they, they took, they took care of me. And it's, it's something that you can't express when you can do nothing. And those people not only take care of you, but they love you and don't view you as a burden which I was terrified of, that I had just become a burden to everyone in my life. And I would have rather died than become a burden. And not once did anyone see me as a burden, um, but only as, as a, a loved one and a blessing. And I can never repay that. Well, Jay, I really appreciate you coming on with your heartfelt uh, sharing with us today and your insights. And kudos to you as an example of somebody who's gone out there and created some passive income and secured your family and not that anybody wants to go through an unknown challenge but it looks like you've gone through it and coming through it shining on the other side so thank you so much thank you i appreciate you having me so that's it for today's episode of rock your money rock your life head on over to itunes and subscribe to the show then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.